What's up, everybody? I'm Chris Hampton, your host. No, I'm just kidding. It's me, it's Lana. I'm the office manager here at Power Company. I just wanted to pop in real quick and tell you about something special we're doing. Hopefully you've been enjoying these daily episodes of essays from Chris's book, The Hard Truth, Simple Ways to Become a Better Climber. Maybe you're even thinking you'd like to snag a copy of the book for yourself. Well, it's the perfect time to do so, because right now, through June 10th, in celebration of the one-year anniversary, when you purchase a copy of The Hard Truth, we will be sending you some extra freebies. And I don't know about you, but I love freebies. Okay, so in addition to a copy of the book and some stickers, you'll also get a commit journal, which is a little notebook that's easy to throw in your pack, jot down some quick notes or whatever, three postcards of illustrated charts from our good friend Brendan Leonard of Semi-Rad Media, and another one of Brendan's charts from the book, The Success Built from Failure's Pyramid, in the form of a refrigerator magnet. So you can slap it on your fridge or camp stove or back of a car, wherever. Oh yeah, and Chris is going to sign your book too, so that's pretty neat. So head on over to powercompanyclimbing.com, click on the hard truth button, or banner, whatever, and you'll get yourself a copy. The offer runs now through June 10th, or until we run out of the free stuff, so don't dilly-dally. And you can find that link in the show notes too, on your handy-dandy pocket supercomputer, as Chris would say. Okay, now on with the show. Chains that bind us. The top, the summit, the chains. No matter how you refer to it, success is often measured solely by whether or not you've sent. Fact is, seeing the chains as the sole representation of success is holding you back. And you. And you. Last Tuesday, I went to Red River with my friend and climbing partner, Justin Riddell. We're both excited about training, about climbing, and, well, about sending. Justin had whittled his project, the return of Darth Maul, 13B, down to the point where it seemed the only progress to make was to send, and that was his goal for the day. As temperatures were still in the mid to high 80s, and my project, Swingline, 13D, involves a few slopey, condition-dependent crux holds, my goal was to try and on-site a 12D called Mind Meld. The return of Darth Maul, like most lines at the dark side, is in your face from the first move, and doesn't let up until bolt number four, where it culminates in the crux move, hitting a finicky side pull from a tension-demanding undercling and unwinding out of it. On his first run of the day, Justin hit the side pull, barely. He didn't quite get into the hold and wasn't able to make the tough transition out of it. However, it was progress, and he felt even closer to the goal of the day. Up next, I planned my sequence on mind meld, taking note of thumbprints to determine the direction of pull and the temperamental pockets, making decisions about where to clip the scary third bolt, and coming up with a plan B for the cruxy pocket section. I pulled on, climbed without hesitation, quickly found myself clipping the high third bolt, and moved into territory I had misread from the ground. I had to really fight through a hard-to-read sequence, and with fingers opening, faced one last big move to what I assumed was a jug leading to easier climbing. I fell. 
My high right heel hook got in the way of my arm, stopping my momentum, and I just missed latching the jug. Attempt number two. Justin knows it's close and is gunning for the chains. He climbs fast through the long intro sequence and just as he had planned, hits the move again and is stuck again. Attempt number three. After a short rest and feeling ready, Justin fires up to the undercling again. This time he hits the side pull solid and is stuck again. He digs in deeper, unwinds, and doesn't quite get to the next hold. Knowing he doesn't have the juice to try again, he continues up the unrelenting top to keep those moves fresh in his mind for next Tuesday. No chains, no summit, no send. No parades or screaming, adoring fans. We both failed. Or did we? One of the beautiful things about rock climbing is that we're only pitted against ourselves. We'll never be stronger than the rock. It simply allows our passage from time to time. The real goal every time we get on a route or step up to a hangboard isn't to emerge victorious. It's to better ourselves, to improve, to find evidence that we're moving in the right direction. Justin stuck the move, a move that two years ago felt nearly impossible for him. Soon he'll stick the move, climb past it, and clip the chains that were his goal last week. Tuesday was progress. After twice freezing at the move, he was able to dig in and unwind toward the next hold. At the top, at the end of the day, he dug even deeper and had to really convince himself to keep going. It worked, and he now knows he can get through that section with little left in the tank. That's progress. Progress that will soon yield big results. As for me, you either on-site or you don't. I didn't. However, there are a number of positives I can take away from the experience. Mind meld is a far more bouldery route than I've ever on-sided at that level, and I nearly pulled it off. I moved confidently through the long bouldery section, never second-guessing my plan sequence. I fought until total failure, pulling out tricks and staying patient, and it nearly got me there. Soon it will. My chance on this route has passed, but there are thousands more waiting, and mind meld was just a springboard. Progress can come in small doses. Look for those little bits of improvement with every attempt. Something as small and subjective as feeling more comfortable on a foot smear can mean the difference between sending or not. So learn to be happy about every little tidbit you get. I love clipping the change just as much as you do. I also love the journey. Failure is what provides us the roadmap to that journey. Without it, we'll never see success. Hi guys, my name is Lauren Abernathy. I am a climbing coach based out of Salt Lake City, and you can find me on the internet at goodsprayclimbing.com or on my Instagram at goodspraycoaching. So that's me. It's so exciting that you're based in Salt Lake now. You're not you're not in New York, you're not in the humid Midwest. You're in you're in a climbing mecca now. Yeah, it's been crazy. Like the fact that I don't have to be overly competitive with my time outside and like plan things out to a T to get anything done anymore is like a blessing and a curse because now I feel like maybe I'm like more lazier. I'm like, oh, the rocks are 30 minutes away. That'll get sent eventually. Like whatever. I live by it instead of being like, I get three weekends to go to New Hampshire and I must send. 
or whatever. So yeah, but it's really, it's really nice. I'm glad I've made, made the life change. I definitely feel like I belong at West and I'll be coming out to you soon for, to get to hang out for five or six weeks. So, uh, the IRS. Yeah, that's exciting. I'll actually, I'll be in Salt Lake for a few days coming up relatively soon or like around the world cups. So, so I may hit you up and see you at some point while I'm there. Oh yeah. Wait. Oh gosh. The world cup. Yeah. We'll have to talk. Yeah. So this essay is actually not, I wouldn't call it the opposite, but you know, there are people who will read exactly what they want to hear and Mm -hmm. not read the parts that they really need to hear. Um, and if reading this essay compared to the one you and I just talked about, um, which was the send as a necessary piece of the process, these, these two could be seen as opposites if you were only reading what you wanted to hear about them. So uh, why this one for you? Oh, yeah. Well, I think this one, this one for me, because it resonated with me a lot because I think I've had like a pretty huge transformation in the last year of just being a lot less mean to myself when I climb. Mm. And I think like learning to celebrate small wins and not be so hard on myself and like see small progress has been really helpful. And I also think part of it, like just to be like very transparent is because I've set up my life now where I actually get to go climbing more. So these like ventures outdoors don't feel so like life or death because not that's very dramatic, but like you get what I'm saying. It doesn't feel like I get two weekends and I have goals. And if it doesn't work out, then everything's terrible or like I get one trip. So now I have a little bit more time. So I think I, you know, have a little bit more space to feel like it's okay if things aren't going as fast as I'd like. But I also think it's been critical to actually helping me understand you know and helping my athletes like see that they're doing better because like as much as I've seen that I'm hard on myself I also see it in other people like they'll tell me about their day and they'll be like yeah it was pretty crap and I'll be like I think you did awesome actually and then I just point out like 10 things that are really cool like expansion of where they were before and they're like oh I guess I did do awesome and I'm like yeah no shit you did awesome so yeah I think it's a really <laughs> important thing to learn to like see small wins <laughs> totally <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? I think that's the that's the most important part of of coaching climbers, you know. Writing training plans is really fucking simple in comparison to dealing with the psychology and the pressure that we put on ourselves and how to help people see the small wins built into this one bigger process, you know. That that other essay, the send is a necessary piece doesn't say the send is the only important piece, you know? And I think this essay is complimentary in the fact that it's saying there are all these other little important parts of this process that you can see as wins, you know, that are a small outcome within your process and they matter so much. So seeing the chains as the only thing that matters can be a big mistake. And you're right. We, we end up mean to ourselves. We end up putting so much pressure on ourselves as if that is the only outcome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a huge problem because then like, kind of like, you know, how you've discussed like growth mindset in other episodes, like it becomes this thing where we, we take all the outcomes very personally. And then we just never like even have the brain space to just be like, this didn't work. 
what could work. And then we're like taking all this energy, like just being mad at ourselves instead of using that energy to like figure something out instead. Right. Yeah. One of the things in this chapter that I personally find really interesting and actually as a coach, I still often have struggles, you know, talking to clients about it. And I'd love to hear your take on it as well is the idea of onsighting because when you are trying to onsite something, you get one chance, you know, it's not like the rest of climbing where you can, if you don't do it this time, you can do it the next time. And ascend is still ascend, no matter if it happens fifth try or 105th try. And onsite, you get the one shot. And, and that day that I'm writing about in this essay, I, I made a mistake. It was an error of mine. And that's why I didn't onsite, you know, I physically was completely capable of it. Had I stuck that move, I likely would have, but I made a small error. But rather than dwell on that error, I, I could stand on the ground and be really proud of this set of things that I did in trying to, you know, to stand up against this pressure that is the onsite. And that's such a valuable thing for people in a space where it's so easy to say, I either did or I did not, period. Right. Yeah. If you can like identify things that you did well that went better than last time, like doesn't matter what it is. Like, yeah, I, I just had one athlete that got back from a trip to Red Rocks and like he just hasn't gotten to climb outside that much. And he... I, he's he's definitely one of the athletes where I'm like, okay, we have to care about the outcome a little bit now. Like we've like we've done the pro we've done the process goals. We need to care about outcomes. But like he almost onsighted his first 10 D and he just said he was like, I messed up the top part a little bit. But I was like, well, that's really awesome because like six months ago you wouldn't even maybe tie in to try to like lead a 10 D. So that's there's so much like huge stuff happening here that is really cool. And he was able to like walk away really really proud of that. And like we, one of the process goals we set for him for this trip was like fall trying really hard. And he was like, I fell and I was trying really hard. And I, I was like, good, we did it. Like, that's a really good like process goal to have. So I think like setting these little things or, you know, if stuff makes you uncomfortable, especially with sport climbing, like set whips, like set goals, like take a fat whip or like, yeah, like fall trying hard or like try a route in a style that you don't like. And then, you know, even if it's on sighting or whatever, like having these sort of like process oriented goals where you're like, I'm going to get uncomfortable and then you do it. You can feel really good about that. And it doesn't have to be about this like outcome necessarily. Not that the outcomes are important, but like learning to get comfortable, like in these sorts of situations, is really important to being able to like have desired outcomes. Yeah, totally. When, when I have an athlete who is making goals for a trip and they say, my goal is to onsite such and such, I almost always try to help them reframe it into my goal is to give a good onsite effort yeah. at such and such because, because it's a, you know, it's a one-time thing you, you onsite or you don't. But we, you can give that effort regardless. That's completely under your control. You know, even if you fall off move number three, if you stepped off the ground really confident in a situation where normally you wouldn't be, massive win. Yeah. You know, so, so I try to reframe it into that effort. Let's care about the outcome. Let's work really hard for the outcome. 
but let's not make it the thing that we're completely wrapped up in. Yeah. Like if your whole trip is like hinging on one onsite attempt and you're like, I'm going to go home feeling all crappy if I don't do it, then like maybe, maybe we got to, you can still have a really good timing trip if that doesn't go your way. So that's really smart. I definitely, definitely agree with that line of thinking as far as on-sites go. Yeah. And, you know, I think we can learn a lot from Adam Ondra, actually. You know, we, we get, we get the opportunity to watch him climb often, you know, everything's on video and we see how much he fucking cares about trying to on-site hard things. You know, he tries so hard and he's so upset when he doesn't. But then if you watch the like post climb interviews, when he's talking about it, he's like, Oh, you know, you have one try you either do or you don't. You know, I, I tried really hard. I fought through this section and I made this little mistake and I was off, you know. He doesn't take it as this like this this testament of his self-worth. It's more like this was a test, you know. This was a test I applied myself to and I didn't quite pass it this time and that's okay. I'll I'll try again. Yeah. And I also appreciate that he like feels his feelings at the crag and like yells yeah, and gets no upset. Doubt. I think it's fine. I'm like normalized. Like it's very much like you are going to be frustrated. This is, can be a really frustrating sport. So it's like, okay to be mad and like kick rocks as long as you don't break your toes. But then, you know, if you can like feel your feelings <laughs> in whatever way you need to express, like, you know, perhaps don't disturb anyone nearby, but like do what you need to do. But then if you can like get all that out and then step back and be like, what can we do better? And then be normal about it. And I think he is the perfect example of doing all of that. So feels a lot of feelings. Good. <laughs> yeah. It always bothers me when I see people commenting on his videos, like I wish he wouldn't scream so much, you know, we don't need all that screaming at the crag. And I'm like, what are you, what? <laughs> I want to see people trying their fucking hardest. You know, I want to see them, working as hard as they have ever worked to do a thing. And if they don't do the thing, I'm far more psyched that they just tried their hardest anyway. You know, clipping the chains is just a, a little bonus. It's not, it's not the thing. Yeah. I remember, oh, I remember a fun conversation that we had a while back because I was telling you about AL81 and I was genuinely very bummed because I had like it was my like one thing that I wanted to do on my week-long trip to the red and I like didn't do it mm. and I was telling you about the day and I was like yeah my first three goes of the day I like fell off of reaching for the jug and then I like you know I worked out my beta I was a good sport climber I knew my things but I just kept falling there probably something something still probably could have worked it more had it more piled or I should have just extended the chains and clipped from the little micro jugs below it whatever anyways i remember <laughs> <laughs> but i remember talking to you about it and he was like and i was like yeah and i ended up trying it nine times in a day and i made it change nine times he's like you climbed al one nine times in a day this is like a 90 foot like or maybe it's 80 whatever it's a long enduro sport route that's very pumping he's like and you almost sent it three times you're like that's pretty good and i was like i never even thought to think that i had done anything good because I didn't send. And then you were like, that was good. Like, good job. That's crazy. That's a lot of ghosts. And I was like, oh, I guess I did have good work capacity and there's still some cool stuff. And it would have been like my first 12 beats or whatever. But yeah, I remember you saying that. And I was like, I never even thought yeah. to think that I had done well. Like, yeah. So. <laughs> well, you know, I think 
the fact that you chose the chapters that you did to talk about and you you bring this energy to all of this that you bring is is so important because these things are these are the things we are constantly battling with as climbers you know it's it's a, a solo sport, you know, yes, we go out with partners. Yes, we have belayers, we have spotters, but it's you up there making all the decisions, you know, making all the moves. No one can do it for you. So it feels really personal when you, when you fall off, when you don't send, when you can't clip the chains, you know, and it's hard not to get caught up in your feelings about that. The important thing is just to circle back around and, and, stand back and take a look and say, well, yeah, of course I feel this way because I fucking care about this, but also look what I fucking did. You know, look how cool this was. Look how confident I was here. I made this move five times today and I've never made it before from the ground or whatever it is that you can find is a win that keeps you going. Yeah. And I definitely learned it learned that like in a big way. Cause the first, I guess the first time I, I'll talk about Jesus wept a little bit. Cause that was my first, like, I have time to go in on a project cause I'm in the red yeah. for a month. And I had never, you know, I was like, I guess I'm just going to skip 12 C cause I like this route, whatever. That's fine. Let's rage. And like, I, yeah, the first like four sessions on it, most of it was just me trying to work out one move. And then it was just really hard because it goes from, it started out being like, I can do this move once a session where I try it maybe like 20 or 30 times. And then it got a little better. It was like, I do this move one out of every five times. And then, you know, it just kind of went from there, but like continuing to believe that I could do the whole freaking route when the move at the second bolt was like stopper mode was definitely a test. But then, you know, it was very important to like identify what was getting better every time or like anytime I made a new link where it was like, all right, I didn't go from the ground to like through the, you know, bottom crux, but you know, I pulled on after that and I made this new link or like, I would just find something that went better or like some other mini goal to set for the session, depending on like what was going on. And then, you know, it only ended up being eight sessions. So this all, all feels very dramatic, but it felt like forever because <laughs> I never like, <laughs> I never like had the time to go in on like one thing for a month. So yeah. And then it ended up going, but it, it for, a, for a few of those, especially when there's like people all around you that are just like putting it down or like almost flashing it. And you're just like, well, this is only my sixth visit and I still have only done the crux from the ground one time. Like you, you start feeling like you're a little crazy for believing you can do it, but then, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I guess push through that. You're not crazy. It'll happen. Just keep showing up. But yeah, but realizing that like I could celebrate like these little things and like investing and being like, but this got better. So progress, super important. Otherwise, I would have quit very soon because like falling at the same move over and over again is frustrating sometimes. Yeah. So. And I think, you know, I think you hit on something really important there. And Jesus wept is a great example in that the hard move that you're falling off of is at the bottom. And 
And it's the easy move for tall people. Sorry, tall people, but it's not the hard part for other people. The hard part for taller. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm super generalizing, but like literally this is what happens. Like I'm like, I got to jump for this thing. But your mono at the top is my three finger bucket. So I'm fine at the top cracks where you guys are falling on the red point. But like I can't get past the bottom. So I'm just like, I'm going to send. And then I'm like falling at bolt two. And everyone's like, "Mm -hmm, you're going to send. And I'm like. Whatever. Yeah, it's so, really easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's really easy to get trapped into the idea that if I can't get past this low part, how can I possibly ever climb the entire rest of this? You know, when in reality, being geographically close to the chains doesn't mean you're any close to any closer to sending than falling off the first move. Right. You know, and you learn that through repetition, through experience, through working through this process many, many, many times, you learn that belief of, yeah, I'm falling a lot at bolt two, but if I can just dial this in a little bit and get through bolt two, then I've got a really good chance to climb through the next six or eight bolts without falling. Yeah. And like what ended up happening too was super funny because like the, the session before I sent it, so I guess session seven, I just could like not hit that move at all that day. I don't know. Power down, whatever. It was not happening. So I was like, whatever, I'm going to go for the low point. I'll just pull on. And then I linked from two to the chains, like easy peasy. And then I looked at my climbing partner and I was like, next time I get on this, if I hit that move from the, you know, if I hit that move, like hit bolt two from the ground, I'm sending it. That is exactly what happened. Like next session I came, I figured out that I just needed to adjust my aim by about two inches to hit that, which is like really hilarious. Like, I was like, I think I just need to look somewhere different. Hit it. And I was like, let me double check that this is what I need to do. Looked a little higher. Hit it again. Did that like four times. And I was like, all right, well, it would have been cool if I realized this weeks ago, but that's fine. So, and then I like, (laughs) but then, yeah. And then I like came down, rested for 10 minutes and like sent it the next go. And it felt, yeah, it felt super anticlimactic, but yeah. Projecting's hilarious. Rock climbing. Funny sport. (laughs) it is it is it's it's a very very funny thing that we do but but ultimately it it does drive us as humans you know and i think it's it's driven me to become a better person in general and i and i think i see that happening with a lot of people so you know yes it can be this completely um, selfish thing, but it doesn't always have to be. And I see, I see you giving back to people and, and that's, that's why I think this thing is so massively important as silly as it might seem sometimes. It's also great for us. So. Oh yeah, I totally agree. And I think it teaches, it's cause like the, the failure is so like visceral and in your face compared to like other aspects of life. Cause it's such a good like metaphor for things, but yeah, when you're climbing and you fail, it's just like there, like failing at your job or failing at like other things in your life is not, you know, as obvious sometimes. But in climbing, I think we really have to learn to like deal with failure and like keep believing, even though it feels insane sometimes. And I think it translates into life in so many different ways. And it's a really good outlet if, you know, other parts of your life aren't super satisfying. Like when I super didn't like my job, I felt like all I had was which was like very sad and not great, but like felt like climbing is what I had to like, you know, be passionate about something at least. So I think it can be a healthy outlet, especially if other folks are like meh at the time. 
Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think the, the failure in rock climbing is this really interesting thing in that in most sports, you know, most like if you're running a race or if you're skiing down a hill or whatever, if you fall, you get to get back up and keep going. And it still counts. You still got down the hill. You still finished the race, you know? Yeah. Rock climbing doesn't do that. If you fall, it's over. You can you can go to the top, but it doesn't count, you know, whatever the hell that means. So it's this really interesting brand of failure that I think has the power to teach us a lot about perseverance, about ourselves. And, and I'm glad there are coaches like you out there guiding people through that because it's such an important thing. Yeah. Learning to not be so mean to yourself and celebrate small wins in all facets of your life will probably make your life better. For sure. Like not just your climbing, yeah. but like your life. So yeah. Well, totally. thanks so much for saying that. <laughs> Yeah. And thank you for joining me. I appreciate this a ton. This has been really fun for me talking to people about these these chapters and seeing where this thing that I put out into the world, you know, where it's hit people. It's it's quite fun to kind of follow it around and, and see what people think. And so thank you. I appreciate it so much. Thanks so much, Chris. It's been a blast. Appreciate you having me. Tomorrow, yesterday I went shopping. Talk is still cheap. We don't tweet. We scream like eagles. This time, this time, this time, this time, this time, This time